0: Hello, Rachel. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Encounter Student Ministries live stream. Do you want to say hi to the students?
1: I will. Hi, guys.
0: <laughs> um, so those watching, students, parents, all of y- everybody who's watching, um, you may be like, who is this woman on the screen? Like, we don't know where she's from, where she's Um, been from but uh, I have some very long um, history with Rachel so I'll first introduce um, this is Rachel Harrell she is uh, currently residing in Lancaster Pennsylvania but she also grew up in um, in Leicester Pennsylvania which is where I grew up in fact we live right down the street from each other my mom still lives there her mom still lives there um we used to go to the bus stop we used to walk around from the same spot like all of that that growing up and actually rachel was has since fifth grade correct
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: fifth grade uh rachel has been a uh key friend of mine all through uh all through middle school all through high school throughout college and in fact rachel is a um, is one of the key reasons as to how i have uh come to know jesus and come to know the lord rachel knows me in my not saved days she knows me in my saved and not sanctified days and she knows me in my saved and somewhat sanctified days um and so there's so much of rachel that uh so much to rachel that i owe for my walk with god and so much of what is today and in that. So in the comments below, just put thank you, Rachel. Make sure to show some love in, in the comments. Um, and a little bit of personal background for Rachel. Rachel grew up in a pastor's home of a, a Baptist pastor in um, Chester, Pennsylvania. Correct, it was Chester. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, about 15 minutes from from where we grew up and where we live. And uh, Rachel has... Had started attending our elementary school in in fifth grade, and um, she was always one that just talked about Jesus. I remember uh, so vividly. Uh, in I remember so many different interactions that me and her had about Jesus, and and I always push back. I always um, push back on those on those those beliefs, and I always uh, push back on on those convictions. But Rachel did very well in standing her her ground and. I look back at fifth grade now, and fifth grade and sixth grade and seventh grade, and I look at some of our middle schoolers now, and I think it's amazing that you were evangelizing at that age, like you were, quote unquote, preaching the gospel at that age, which is super rare, and um, is certainly inspiring. And so Rachel has been there throughout my life and has watched me grow up, and has watched me grow up in the Lord and um i owe a a ton to rachel in my my spiritual development so in that uh me and rachel grew up we hung out a lot we'd go walk around manor field a ton we'd go walk around town we would go do the wawa runs we'd um, have a lot of inside jokes a lot of things that we look back on and are cringy and um Yeah. yeah around uh new york city with rachel (laughs) taking off her shoes because they were killing her feet
1: yeah don't wear heels in new york city all day when you haven't done that before not a good idea
0: and i don't know why we didn't know that or think of that
1: um they were boots
0: um so a personal connection with Rachel she's a part of that little small group that that I had growing up um but re- uh Rachel why don't you just tell the people what you've been up to because you are in the process and really uh doing such amazing work in the mental health field and so why don't you just tell them who you are what you do where you've been how you've gotten there
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my name is Rachel. Guys, I'm so honored to be here with you tonight. I know it's virtual, um, but it's an honor. Um, So I um, am in the field of mental health. Um, Currently, um, I will be an outpatient therapist um, at an agency called Pennsylvania Counseling Services in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, that does outpatient therapy and also drug and alcohol recovery. Um, I graduated in 2018 with my master's in counseling um, from Lancaster Bible College, Um, so I have a degree in Bible also as a degree in marriage, couple and individual counseling. Um, So I've done my internships and training with um, a whole sorts of uh, mental health needs um, and um, different concerns. So I just love to help people right where they are. Um, for the past year, in about seven or eight months, um, I've been in the behavioral health field. So that's counseling, as well as focusing on behavioral needs that can then um, delve into supporting others with mental health. So uh, my goal is just to kind of help people and be down in the muck with them. Um, counseling can sometimes seem glorified, but the whole point is really helping people right where they are. So if someone feels stuck, that's kind of where I want to be, and I want to just be a support.
0: Yes. But, um, I can personally attest to Rachel being, fin- like, that is Rachel's niche. Is, um, that's her niche in life that is um, so much aligns with God's purpose and God's um, vocational calling on Rachel's life. And I know that she's making such a strong impact in that Lancaster area and, and really beyond. Uh, she, um, through this, I know she's going to impact our, our local area uh and i'm rachel and i have kind of dialogued before we, we logged on and in that uh going off this the spirit of tonight and the spirit of what we're talking about i understand that so many of us are going through uh just a difficulty and i never um i said this so early on in this pandemic that i didn't want to beat this horse to where it's just like the forefront of everything um but i not necessarily in the glorification of the pandemic or bringing it to the forefront, but I think that this time kind of um, uncovers and resurfaces and um, and creates and breaks open a lot of what 's inside of us and a lot of hurts or disappointments or, or things that we 're going through and I know myself it, have had my good days and my my bad days, both spiritually and emotionally and mentally and Um, and physically, and I know uh, a lot of our students have as well. And I'm super proud of our students for their pursuit and their passion of mental health. A lot of our, some of our students do um, go to counseling and they have counselors and therapists and they're not timid or shy about it, but they're, they're bold in talking about it and the impact. And so With tonight, and just like us just being honest and transparent with one another and going, maybe it's just me, maybe tonight's just for me, but I hope for for some of you other students, you go, yeah, maybe my mental health is not in the best place right now, and I need that slump out of what's going on. And so, Rachel, what is some advice you would give uh, teenagers to improve their mental health in, in this current time?
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like there's a lot of things in this time because there's so many things happening so you've got emotions you've got thoughts and then you've got behaviors um and that's kind of the key part about understanding mental health um and also as believers in jesus christ we also have our spiritual awareness that we have to be aware of too sometimes um some people ask, you know, how are those things connected? And well, you know, if you're not feeling the best emotionally, it might be harder to pick up your Bible or it might be harder to reach out to a friend. Um, so when you have all these things kind of happening, one good thing I kind of like to tell people or start with is kind of identifying that you feel off. Maybe it's and eh, maybe it's sad, maybe it's angry. Sometimes we can't even identify those key emotions, but something's kind of not quite right. I'm not feeling like myself. Um, So when you kind of have that awareness or acknowledgement of something's not quite right, usually then starting going with, okay, who can I talk to? Who's someone who's safe? So whether that's a family member, a close friend that I can trust with this information um, and or um, maybe it's you, Zach, maybe it's coming and saying, hey, let me just send a message and just let somebody know that I'm not maybe in the best spot today. And that's okay. There's no shame, no guilt there. We all have off days. Um, counselors have off days too and so sometimes as an outpatient therapist I have to evaluate where I'm at Um, so that would be a good place to start a next state is probably understanding okay is there anything that maybe has happened in the last day or two that maybe has gotten me to feel this way Um, sometimes our minds are racing on you know what happened and where can I go sometimes just start little okay you know did I eat today Um, how much did I eat today? Okay, do I need a drink of water? Do I just need to get outside a moment? Do I need to go take a nap? Do I need to, um, you know, talk to someone I know? Sometimes it's those little things um, that can kind of help. Um, And sometimes filling our time with things that are helpful in the sense of encouraging can be helpful. So for example, um, maybe watching a funny video, right? So that might seem silly, but in this time where everything is kind of at certain points doom and gloom or discouraging or someone's talking about what they heard on the news or what's reopening, looking at a funny video is encouraging. Um, The next step would be, maybe have we picked up our Bible? And that sounds kind of a little spiritual, but have we sought the Lord maybe in this? Um, Sometimes going to God and being honest and being like, Lord, I think I'm off or I'm sad can you help me, is a really good place to start. And as you're talking with somebody else and being like, hey, I feel off today, like, can you help me? That's another good place. Um, I think the more we can let other people know how we're doing, that can help with the isolation because it's easy to feel isolated in this time, especially when we're all, you know, indoors or we're wearing a mask and you can't even see someone smile at you, it's a little bit harder. So just letting someone know kind of where you are and then asking the Lord for prayer and help is another good step. Um, one other thing I will say is um, it can sometimes be discouraging if maybe you've been praying this for a long time and you're saying I don't really feel God answering me back um, about my sadness or about my anger or about my disappointment about this year was supposed to look different the end of the school year was supposed to look different I was supposed to do different things Um, it's okay to have that feeling of discouragement or maybe there's another word that you would put with it Um, and there's nothing wrong there and scripture talks often about how different people in the faith brought to God their difficult emotions so bring that to him bring that to the other people that you know um, and let them know that you're wrestling with that it doesn't mean maybe you're having a faith crisis or the whole world is coming to an end it means that this is a really tough time for you and someone can be right there in it with you
0: yeah that um you there were multiple times as I was you were speaking I just wrote down a quick little note um, the first thing you said basically step one is identify
1: mm.
0: it is to you had said identify there's a problem identify something that is off identify that there's something that is um, not in in tune and I find that that is so important mm. I think that so often we're just like oh mm, we're like we just go around kind of not really aware of where we're at, where our heart's at, where our emotions are at. And, and ultimately, like, we don't hide our emotions well. Like, I, some people have good variations of controlling them, Some people have less variations. Uh-huh. But in reality, we are not good people at really deceiving people of our emotional state. And when we're not aware of what we are, we start lashing out at mom and dad. Or we start getting angry at, uh brother or sister or friend so i think it's super super important to identify and um to identify the emotion to identify the emotion within yourself of like okay am i feeling sad am i feeling disappointment um am i feeling bitterness am i feeling um just depressed or um, it's that identification that's really smart in identifying. Do you have any advice on really how to figure out what emotion you're going through in that moment?
1: Hmm. Yeah, there's different ways. Um, Sometimes all of us have kind of like our own radars of what that might be. Um, Helpful ways I kind of will talk to someone and say, um, think of within the last day when you were experiencing something, Something that might have made you feel maybe happy, were you all of a sudden kind of a little bit distant toward it? Um, so, for example, a personal thing um, is in the past couple of weeks, I've really enjoyed going on walks and I've been like, oh, I'm going to go on a walk. Um, but then the past couple of days, I've been a little bit distant to wanting to take a walk. So, I think something for me was then to internally realize, okay, is it laziness, or is it, there's, is there something else within me? So just kind of feeling a little bit of a difference of, okay, how did I respond to that? Was I like, oh no, I won't ever go on a walk, or was it, eh, I just don't want to go on a walk, or yeah, I don't know, I don't know. And do you see kind of like the difference in emotion of no to, eh, to have more questions about it? So kind of starting there. Um, sometimes, honestly, what I've done too, also, even as a therapist, is googling or looking at a set of pictures of emotions and it might sound silly but being like okay sad happy mad disappointed confused concerned mm-hmm. frightened and it, and it's kind of something where it just kind of gives you a moment to be like oh th- I might have been disappointed that c- that could be sadness but I could actually just be disappointed that this year for me wasn't exactly what I wanted and that that can have some sadness but it might be different than anger it might be different than uh, maybe being confused. And so sometimes that's helpful in looking.
0: Yeah, that's actually really smart. like that, Because a lot of times we sit on this basic belief of emotion that we have happy, angry, sad. Mm-hmm. That's it. But it goes so much deeper. Like I, um, within my master's program, uh, it was one class that I, w- I wrote the connection, about the connection of emotions to the image of God. Mm-hmm. every emotion that we feel is image bearers or god god experiences so therefore there's quote-unquote redemptive aspect to all of mm-hmm. our emotions and so when I'm able to identify my disappointment mm-hmm. or my confusion or my anger it allows me to really it allows me to throw the dark closer to the bullseye Rather than just throwing it wildly and hoping it, it hits.
1: Sure. Yeah. And another thing that
0: like that you said that's really in, important is the practicality of when you're feeling these emotions. Mm-hmm. It, do I need to eat? Like mm-hmm. that's so simple. But when your schedule and I'm that same way. Like there, I'm, I can get that same way. Of, I woke up in the morning, mm-hmm. went to bed, did did a workout. Got showered, started answering emails, started texting, and throughout the day I find myself getting frustrated or annoyed or or a little bit irritable. And it's like three o'clock, and I'm I've like, not eaten yet today. And so mm-hmm. when you eat and you take a moment to to have a schedule of eating and eating eating right, eating well, like frozen pizzas every day, or is not going to cut it. Um, mm-hmm. But when you eat, it allows you to um, Reset. It can be that reset of like, oh, I'm not angry at the external. It's just I'm I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Anything with, with sleep or maybe like you said, like what I like that you said is maybe I need to take a walk. Maybe I need to go outside and get some some sun, get vitamins, get my body moving, mm-hmm. fresh air, and mm-hmm. can super uh, super practical. Mm-hmm to To accomplish, and something that I, um, the overarching what I hear from you, and basically what your field is is based around, and what I believe my field is based around, what the church is based around, is this idea of relationship and community with one another. Mm-hmm. And so, um, can you talk about how our friends, our parents, our youth pastor, our youth leaders, people in our church can Mm -hmm. uh, impact us and help us through this
1: time. Yeah. Um, Like you said, first, it's community. Um, And uh, I hope too that the the teens can kind of hear a little bit from the teachings they're hearing or just even observations in church of what it looks like when you're with people and you're encouraged and they're part of your daily life or they're part of your weekly life. Um, Scripture talks about that often. And I think it's so great to see because different points in whether we look in the book of acts or we look in even the epistles um so like you know the latter half of your bible in the new testament where the believers were going through different things and there was somebody else there to encourage them or they went to a group of people or they discussed an important topic um, because it's kind of hard to do that all in your own mind because after a while you really can't think outside of your own head too well Um, so a way that other people can surround you is i think listening. So if someone comes to you and they've got a serious situation on their hands or they're feeling any particular way, right? Um, Maybe we can think of joyful. We could think of sadness. We could think of frustration or um, just kind of a confusion, whatever that emotion might be. um, A good thing is to listen at first. Sometimes um, if it's an emotion that might be a little hard for us to personally handle, we want to help that person. We want to fix it. Um, We want to be like, okay, well, let's do this and tomorrow we'll do this and we'll figure this out so then you can not feel sad anymore or you can you know, have this resolved situation. And sometimes it's good that we wanna rush in and help our loved ones, um, but a good listening ear is helpful because um, sometimes I've seen with the number of families that I've worked with, um, whether it's in outpatient office or in behavioral health that sometimes after that person is maybe finished talking, you hear something else that maybe you wouldn't have picked up on earlier. Or they might have said one of the points that you were going to mention. Um, so sometimes hearing them out is helpful. Um, the only times I would say maybe cutting in or saying something is if you know you really feel like you know the Holy Spirit is kind of leading you to do so, or that's one point. Um, but otherwise, letting them letting them say it, um, and then after they say it, validating them. So the word validating is basically strong encouragement, letting someone know I'm here for you and I heard you um if that person is showing any emotional tears or they're frustrated and their fists are clenched let them know that you saw that wow I, I i wow thanks for coming and telling me that i saw that when you showed me how angry you were that your fists clenched up and i kind of saw your eyes water this has probably been something you've been thinking like if phrases like that are helpful or um if you're a family or if you're friends or People that hug, like maybe a hug is helpful in the sense of like, oh my goodness, like you've been holding this in inside or wow, you've been thinking this all day? Like, oh, let me give you a hug. And that lets that person know that they care. Now, if that person is not someone who enjoys a hug, show them in another way that they care. Maybe it's through those words um, because there's different types of love languages that people appreciate. So maybe they, you know, maybe a gift for them later would be encouraging a note saying, hey, I love you so much. Thanks for putting that out there. We're going to work through this together me and you you know something like that um then another step is okay we want to develop a plan but let's think of our options it doesn't have to be a giant conversation where you and that other person feel overwhelmed but something where it's like okay we do want to figure out what our next step could be let's think through it and so as you're thinking through it the person who is sharing the information gets a time to speak and also the person who is the recipient of the information. So both people are sharing, but it's not one person over the other. You're taking time to care, and it's also a trusting process because the last thing you want to do is when someone gives you information, you don't feel like you can trust them on either way. Um, So as long as you're coming together and you're sharing in a way that's helpful, that can at least begin a process of what's our next step.
0: Yeah, and I think that that becomes Really a major step in coming out of negativity and our mm-hmm. um, our downcast emotions because um, what you're talking about is looking outward not not just becoming so singular focused and um, not having your universe revolve around you which mm-hmm. I think is extremely biblical because the idea of serving rather than be served and uh, what I hear you saying and what I hear you um, challenging in the way to serve another one is mm-hmm. listening, is mm-hmm. listening to them. And I find that to be extremely helpful in sitting and listening to someone because it takes me out of my problems and my issues and it, it puts me into their life and it puts me to what they're going through, which creates empathy and compassion and connectivity. And so no longer, even me just listening to you, me, uh, we've had this experience throughout the this week of Marco Poloing back and forth with one another.
1: Yeah.
0: Listening to one another,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there's that sense of connectivity that gets developed because even though you're talking about you and I'm listening about you, It's taking me out of my situation and connecting us with one another. I'm no longer isolated, but we are engaging with one another and building relationship. Mm -hmm. And when you're finished, you stop and you listen to me and then you feel connected. So both of us, you feel validated and listened to and you're being served and then serving and I'm serving and then being served and connected with. And uh, the idea of validation that you brought up is super important in this time. And I think that just kind of um, hits me is that, let's take this experience for, for example. Uh, you in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, are experiencing a reopening process that is extremely different than Lavonia, Georgia. Mm-hmm. and you come from a different background, a different situation, and regardless of your political stance or whatever it is, you may have an opinion of, oh, this is this is nothing but a bunch of Trump foolery, and um, I may have the opinion of this is hardcore, and I may be on the fear spectrum, and you may be on the I don't care spectrum, but when i listen to you and you may be like i'm just i just wish everything would be open i don't see what the the big deal is and i go i validate your feeling i validate your emotion and your where your perception is because let's be honest the all of us have an element of freak out in this mode and i think i think the other spectrum of uh this is all a hot mess like, uh, what is it? Conspiracy theory, if whatever it is, that side is just the same response of fear as I'm not. I'm wearing a mask in my bed, sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when we speak to one another, um, I validate your experience and your feelings because they're your feelings. They're your, it, uh, you, they're your emotions. They're your thoughts. And when you validate mine, guess what? No longer are we like butting heads of the fear and then the faith. Um, We come into this place of compassion with one another and love for one another and unity with one another. And John talks about, Jesus says in John, that love is how we will glorify God, specifically our unity. So as believers, how can we glorify God in this process? is by listening and validating one another and then in response we are dwelling in unity we may not have the same thoughts we may not have the same perspective on it but we are dwelling in unity with one another
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: therefore god gets validated when i'm not trying to put you in a chokehold and you're not putting me in a headlock we're Mm -hmm. we're able to embrace one another and connect
1: yeah. And that's a really good point to say, too, because sometimes it's easier for us to sometimes think on that wavelength when we're talking about issues or relationships but then when it comes to mental health, for some reason that can switch. Because I think the United States is learning a little bit more on how to care for people with mental health. I think we're in a journey with that. Um, but sometimes it's just easier to, f- to fix or easier to say, go to the doctor. Or for people who wouldn't say go to the doctor it would be go to counseling or go get medication and it's kind of a direct thing when it actually needs to be a whole kind of Mm -hmm. a whole collective of things it's my family supports me i have you know this support system over here friends i am you know looking to god and praying about this um god understands my emotion he feels my emotion he knows my emotion um then, you know, I might be looking at helpful resources and helpful sites on kind of learning how to um, talk about my emotion or deal with my emotion. And it's kind of like a whole collective, and it's not necessarily one over the other, Um, because it can get easy, it can become difficult to talk about, um, or even easier just to push it aside. But when we realize mental health is not a scary word, it's how am I doing within all of me, that's really the definition of it. So if someone's like, I have a mental health concern, it's not like, ah, it's oh how are you doing then let let me let me ask you how you're doing um and so sometimes what i i ask people um the expression was given to me a long time ago through a conference speaker um but the question is how is your heart Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's a really good question um and maybe that's something for parents too um you know, some kids might be like, I don't know what that means. But once you explain that to them, I just really want to know where you are today. And I'm not trying to be intrusive. I don't want to be nosy. I just want to know how I can pray for you and how I can love you. And if today you want a hug from me, you've got a hug in me. Today, if you need an hour of space, it's going to be helpful for you by yourself. As long as that's a helpful, safe time, you've got an hour. You go take your moment. Or if it's, can can we go and get you know a dessert i just want to i want a cupcake today or, or i want a sandwich today. i want a milkshake if that's how i can love you let me love you that way
0: and i think that is so true i think that is such a um profound idea because it's twofold it, it does go back to that serving and being served there for some introverted people and i i'd say i'm more introverted Some of the times that I heal or I reflect or I um, process is alone, but it's also not always healthy. It's not healthy for people to process by themselves 100% of the time there needs to be that that communication. When someone says, how's your heart? Just go, I'm just processing alone. Like that's not always the proper response. Like sometimes it is, sometimes that's healthy in personality, but other times that's free uh, feeding and breeding isolation within your life. And to be able to communicate, to communicate where you're at. And I think it does start, like to be able to communicate with you, maybe texting like Rachel, I need, this from you today I need to be able to first as you said identify identify what's going on in what is what is swirling around in my soul what's swirling around in my heart what's swirling around in my mind Mm -hmm. and and then I need to go okay is this easy fix of I'm hungry I'm tired I need to go for a walk I need to exercise I need to Um, get a milkshake I need to talk to someone Mm -hmm. and and going forward beyond that if it's beyond that surface level and it's even good to communicate that like hey Rachel I had a hard day today Um, once I ate everything was good just want to let you know where I'm at that's great Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: but when it does go further there's that responsibility to communicate whether that's professional help, whether that be um, pastoral help, whether that be mm-hmm. church help or parent help or friend help, mm-hmm. to communicate where I'm at and when I go Rachel, I'm disappointed about my graduation or I'm disappointed about uh, the end of the school year, it gives you the capability to to serve me in going, you know, well then let's go celebrate. Let's go get a meal Or yeah. Um, even if it's simple as I'm going to be praying for you, I'm praying for you. And, um, if you need to talk more or in depth, or if you just need to vent, if you just need to, to vent what's on your heart, do it. I'm here and I'm an avail- I'm available. And the thing with serving is sometimes when you serve, you don't get served right away. Mm hmm writing right afterwards, but it may be a few days later until you feel like you're being served, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I think the important thing for us to maintain in our, our mental health is to identify, be in touch with ourselves, be in touch with who we are and take practical steps, go to bed at a good time, um, make sure that screen time is not all time. Mm and whatever it is and when we go beyond that communicate communicate with people to let it out because there is um power in community one of my favorite books of the bible is acts and it's purely because it just lays out who we're supposed to be and who we're called to be in relationship with one another and that's super impactful Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah
0: so, uh, thank you, Rachel, for for joining us. I really hope that um, I got so much out of it. I was like, um, I'm gonna have, to, I'm really gonna have to go back and and write some more stuff. And I got my small little points right here. Um, I think this is so gonna be so helpful for parents on how parents can serve their kids and serve their kids' mental health. And I think it's impactful for me on how I can serve my students' mental health and us as our youth leaders and and even more so our students, how they can serve one another in mental health. And those that are um, going through such a difficulty and a hardship uh, can get the help that they need and feel empowered and yeah. feel supported and strengthened. So thank you so much for coming today. I really do. That yeah,
1: was an honor. Yeah. I hope it's encouraging to everyone, too, in that, yeah, that they can see hope, too, in this time.
0: Yes, because there is hope. Thank
1: yeah
0: you. yeah indeed so thank you for joining us um i know our encounter students are loving you if you love rachel give her some shout outs in the comments and blow it mm-hmm. up them, them hearts and them smiley faces and, and let her know that we appreciate and love her. Um because i do i'm so grateful for um investment in my life at fifth grade and not rachel and and let rachel be an example for you of Evangelizing and I'll let her be an example to you of what just telling people about Jesus can do. Because for Rachel, we met in fifth grade, and I didn't get saved until it was before, right before my freshman year. And so, you have those three years where rachel was there she didn't rachel didn't push away all the sinners and just isolate in her little holy cavern um she was in the walk and she was around people and really decided to invest her life and be the light and put um preaching with deed and action and it, it there showed fruit and there was fruit to that so be encouraged all to do it do it you're when you preach the word don't return void and and so thank you Rachel for joining us I'll let you go I really appreciate you yeah bye bye, bye.